Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So, if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people, just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So, if you have your Bible, feel free to read along, and if not, no problem. We'll put it all together for you. So, let's get started. Today, this is a part two podcast from our earlier podcast today of 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Matali's segment unfortunately didn't get included, so we are publishing Matali's segment today as part two. Hope you enjoy it. So, take it away, Matali. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, beginning at verse 3. So in today's teaching, <coughs> sorry, um, we look at the persecution of believers now and the judgment of unbelievers hereafter at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ to see who enters the kingdom. You know, and at the end of the millennial kingdom, <coughs> there's going to be a great white throne in judgment um, of those who are who rejected Christ, so um, there is going to be um, the believers who are raised, <coughs> who are raised up um, to join Christ. Those are you know the saints, the believers, God's children, and they are present you know where they present their case before God. And then um, there is also going to be the Christ rejectors who are going to stand up there. <coughs> and present their case and um they are already lost because they have rejected christ and um you know so it's, it's it's kind of a lost cause you cannot stand in front of god and try and justify you know why you rejected him in the first place when you know there's so many opportunities in life right now um to listen to the word of god <coughs> so um you know the main thing is um that you know there is going to be that persecution, persecution of believers and judgment of the wicked. So the main thing is the persecution of the believers. It, for the believers, it's about discipline. You know, when God <coughs> makes us go through trials and tribulations, it's about discipline because God wants to discipline us in order for us to have that patience of hope, the hope of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And um, for the Christ rejectors, God punishes the wicked. So it's just about punishment. So, you know, attempts nowadays to rehabilitate his children uh, because he wants us to turn back to him. But <clears throat> if we're trying to rehabilitate the wicked, that won't work. And in today's setup, you find, you know, a lot of these rehabilitation 
programs for, you know, just lost causes, people who are just like the really, really wicked. And, you know, they, 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 they have these rehabilitation programs for them um, only to be let loose in society like six months later. And, um, you know, it doesn't help them. They just go back to their wicked ways. So, you know, for like in, 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 um, in a Christian setup, God disciplines his children and he disciplines them so that he, you know, so that he corrects them and they go back to the right path and they can actually, <clears throat> you know, have that patience of hope for him. But for the wicked, there is punishment. And this is how the modern setup is actually supposed to be in our modern courts and, you know, in our, in our, in our local situation, in our courts and, you know, the judges. <clears throat> for someone who is just wicked, like first-time offenders, yes, discipline, put them in a rehabilitation program. But, you know, like constant offenders, the wicked people, they just keep doing the same things that they just don't learn. Punishment is, you know, is, 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 is applicable. So verse 3 of Second <coughs> Thessalonians chapter 1 reads, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fit, it is fitting because your faith grows exceedingly and the love of every one of you all abounds towards each other. So here, you know, <clears throat> this particular verse is saying you can't grow in God's grace without growing towards your brother. You know, you can't say, I love God, but I don't love my brother. So how, how, how exactly are you going to, because God commanded us to love one another, which is one of the greatest commandments. So we grow to God in faith and to, you know, our brothers in love. <coughs> so to, <clears throat> when we love one another, only then do we also grow towards God in faith. So, um, you know, through all of this, um, he has said, um, he has sent us, you know, a little trouble. As Christians, we will go through, you know, the little tribulation, the little trials and tribulations. And if we go through life smoothly and, you know, we don't go through, um, you know, little bumps in the roads and trials and tribulations and detours here and there, you know, we should question ourselves, you know, there's something wrong because we go through these trials and tribulations to discipline us so that, you know, we produce that patience that enables us to look into the future with hope, into the future towards the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> so verse 4 <coughs> goes on to read, so that we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God, for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. So the church won't go through the great tribulation, according to scripture, but will go through the little tribulation. So the church today, in our locale situation, we go through <coughs> many tribulations and we are placed in under so that, you know, we can have that patience of hope. You know, the person who is um, patient is able to stay under and carry the, that particular load. So, you know, like I, I remember in, um, you know, a couple of verse, a couple of uh, uh, um, teachings ago, I think it was in First Thessalonians when I gave the example of a diver, you know, <clears throat> you're trying to be a deep sea diver. So obviously, you know, you have to go through because, you know, you have to prepare your heart for for that particular pressure that you keep going under. So, you know, like you, you first go through, you know, you, you reach a particular level um you, you, you dive in the water and you reach a particular level, you know, in order for your lungs to actually sustain that particular pressure. So, you know, you're preparing yourself for you to dive deeper and deeper until you can actually reach, you know, that particular depth of water that where you actually want to reach. 
So it's the same as today. You know, we go through these trials and tribulations. We carry this little load, this little tribulations that we actually go through <coughs> in order to discipline us to have that patience um, and hope for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We do not know when the Lord Jesus Christ is coming. You know, he may come today. He may come in the next thousand years. But in between, while we're waiting for, for our Lord Jesus Christ, you know, we're going to go through a lot of ridicule, a lot of um, tribulations from people who actually don't believe. We're going to go through a lot of mockery. And the, those trials and tribulations give us that patience of hope, hoping for our coming Savior. So um, if we go to the book of First Peter, chapter 4, Starting at verse 12, it reads, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. So here, you know, you, find, you have, you know, the book of, in the book of Peter, scripture is written, you know, don't find it strange if you go through trials and tribulations. You know, a lot of people question themselves and say, you know, why would God allow me to go through these things? Or other people turn and say, you know, but how come God would actually allow you to go through this? You know, do not find it strange because, <clears throat> you know, the Lord Jesus Christ said, you know, people hated me before they actually hated you. So when the Lord Jesus Christ was here on earth, he went through these trials and tribulations. So it's not strange. So we are being disciplined. God will punish the wicked, but he disciplines his own. So in 1 Peter chapter 4, um, verse 13, I drop down read, But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed to you, uh, you may be glad with exceeding joy. Verse 14, if you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you for the spirit of glory and, the, and God rests upon you. Um, on their part, he is blasphemed, but on your part, he is glorified. Verse 15, but let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a busybody in, the people's, in people's matters. Yet, if anyone suffers, as a Christian, let not let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. So here, you know, <coughs> scripture has stated, we will go through sufferings. But if you go through sufferings, you're a Christian and you go through sufferings because, I mean, like, you're gossiping, you're just a busybody, or, you know, you, 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 you are dishonest. That's different. But if you go through suffering for Christ's sake while you're trying to glorify God's name, that's just a discipline. That, that's... God is actually preparing you. Like we are actually being prepared to have that patience of hope for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you can't rehabilitate a hardened criminal. They should be punished because God disciplines his children for his glory. <coughs> and hardened criminals, um, you know, hardened criminals should be punished. And, um, you know, God's children are disciplined for the development of... Um, you know, for the development of them to actually grow so that they can actually have <clears throat> that patience of hope for the future. Verse 5 of Second Thessalonians chapter 1 reads, um, which is manifest evidence of the righteous judgment of God that you may be um, con counted worthy, that you may be counted worthy, sorry, let me just... Um, let me just read that again, which is manifest evidence of the righteous judgment of God that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. So here, you know, punishment is f for the wicked. And, uh, you know, when God judges today, 
he is righteous. So whatever God does, it is right. You cannot say, oh no, what God did here was not right. God is a righteous God. So whatever God does is right. He can't do wrong. So we complain because we are ignorant of the word of God and we are ignorant of the situation around us. Whatever God does, it is righteous and it is right. So verse 7 goes on to read, And to give you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. So Jesus is coming and he is coming in judgment. He is coming to judge the sinners. He is coming to judge the lost. So he, the Lord Jesus Christ is actually coming to, to the earth to judge and to take his own. Verse 8 and 9 goes on to read, In flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord, from the glory of his power. So here, the word of God says little about heaven. If you read the Bible, the reason being you know, it's, it's, it's such a wonderful place. We can't comprehend it. No matter how many books or how, how thick a book was, like, is written about heaven. We can't, we're just, you know, measly little people. We cannot comprehend it. And <clears throat> the Lord doesn't want us to get, you know, heavenly minded um, to know, you know, he wants us to know, you know, earthly goods. He wants us to keep our eye down here, um, you know, in our walk and our pathway. He wants us to walk in righteousness down here. He doesn't want us to just constantly be thinking about heaven, heaven, heaven. Okay, yeah, we should be thinking about heaven. But, you know, the Lord wants us to do his will down here. To, you know, to sow the seed and <clears throat> to, to bring back his lost sheep. This is what the Lord wants us to concentrate on down here. To walk, you know, to walk the righteous walk down here, to walk in the light of God down here, to concentrate on God. So scripture also says little about the lost because, you know, the Holy Spirit has drawn a veil on the lost as it is so awful. You know, the destruction of the Christ rejectors is so awful and the Holy Spirit has drawn a veil against it because, you know, if we act, if he actually opened the veil against it, you know, like we would all be terrified and we would just all be <clears throat> traumatized. So, you know, God wants to make it an easier path for us. You know, it's just a matter of going to him in faith and nothing, just faith and believing in him. And, you know, just trusting in that, you know, uh, blessed hope, you know, having that patience for um, that hope of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and we'll be able to join him and reign with him and, um, you know, have eternal life and he's going to give us, you know, a new... Um, uh, he's going to give us... a a new personality. He's going to give us a new body, a new everything. And this is what the Lord is just looking out and wanting for us. So, um, you know, hell is ridiculed today. And that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. <clears throat> it does. You know, here's an example. Hitler. You know, the West, the European countries believed Hitler was not going to attack. Look at what happened. Look at the destruction that was caused. You know, um, Dr. J.P. Maggie gave an example of Japan. Um, America believed Japan wasn't going to, you know, um, attack Pearl Harbor, and it did. And, um, you know, there is a hell today. You know, if all these things actually happen, there is a hell, and Christ is coming to the earth, and he will take his own from the earth. So it's up to us to believe on the word of God today. So, you know, what did he deliver you and me from is what we're supposed to be asking ourselves today. That's the important thing. When we give testimony about Christ today, you know, when, let's give 
testimony about what Christ did for us, like uh, what he delivered us from. Um, yeah, we can give testimony about, oh, hey, you know, Christ, um, you know, prospered me in business and, you know, um, you know, in my education, because I believe so much, I, you know, I studied and I'm able to graduate now. You can give testimony about all those things. But the important thing is to give testimony about what Christ delivered us from today. He delivered us from hell today because Christ died for us on that cross and he carried our sins. He bore all our sins. And this is not popular today. If we say, you know, Christ delivered me from that pit of hell. I was headed towards, you know, a nasty direction and Christ delivered me from that. This is not popular today. People want to give these pretty and colorful testimonies like, oh, Christ has prospered me in business today. Today I'm successful because of A, B, C, D. What did Christ deliver you from today? Verse, dropping down um, to verse 10, it says, when he comes in that day to be glorified in all his saints and to be admired among all those who believe because our testimony among you was believed so let us give testimony of what christ delivered us from today he died for us on that cross um, he shed his blood for us in order to save us from our sins <clears throat> verse 11 goes on to read therefore we also pray always for you that our god would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasures of his goodness and the work of faith with power so god wants to do good things for you and me today. Um, but he has saved us. That is the important thing. And that his name may be glorified in us according to God's graces. So if God has prospered you today, um, you know, we can glorify his name today. But what about, you know, the poor saints? You know, So does that mean, you know, God hasn't uh, being good to them you know what about you know the people who are suffering does that mean God hasn't been good to to them no he has been good to them the important thing is when we give testimony let us give testimony of what God has delivered us from today do we glorify God when we boast of the fact that he has blessed us today which he has but he has also delivered us from hell Yes, God has blessed us in so many things. Let us praise God and let us be abound and abase in everything that we do. But what has, let's, let us also not forget the fact, the important thing is what God has delivered us from today. So verse 12 goes on to read, That the name of the Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord uh, Jesus Christ. So today, let us, you know, let us look at what God has delivered us from. You know, if we're heading towards a destructive path of uh, drugs and alcohol abuse and all, and we turned around and we accepted the Lord as our Lord and personal Savior, let us look at that as well, uh, you know, as we give testimony, so as to give hope to our fellow brethren out there. So, yeah, this is today's teaching. Um, let us always remember God has delivered us from hell when he died for us on the cross. So yeah, I hope you all enjoyed it. Have a pleasant Monday. God bless and bye-bye.